Real facts, real opinions, real talk. It's time for Roadworthy Drive, hosted by Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little. If it moves you now or in the future, you can rest assured that they'll be talking about it right here. So here they are, the mobility duo with the technology twist, Ken and Sasha. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our number two of Roadworthy Drive. This is Sasha J. Little and, of course, Ken Chester coming Howdy. at you with more mobility news and technology and the stuff you need to know. On tap for this hour, delectable news tidbits from the parts bin while we take attendance and notice of several new mobility startups that want to shake up your transportation habits. And finally, that popular segment that you all know and love, Tech with Sasha. Yep, and we will be getting to all kinds of fun in a few minutes. To add to your voice to the conversation at hand, call or text the Roadworthy Driveline, moi, at 872-222-9793. Seriously? What? You get the email, I get the text messages. Mm -hmm. Or phone calls if they feel brave enough. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Um, Now, if you would rather reach out via email, if that is more your thing, you can reach Ken at Ken at RoadworthyDrive.net. And either way, we'll connect you to the show. Well, one of us. Well, yeah. <laughs> Folks, please extend a big hello to my seldom caffeinated, always opinionated co-host, Sasha J. Little. I mean, they kind of got forced into the whole welcome because I, I kind of greeted them. I didn't give them much of a choice. Well, yeah, but I, I kind of like an official greeting. Say, hey, how you doing? I, I'm doing grand. I'm not uh, pleased with the weather. Well, that's because you supposedly are on the outs with Mother Nature. Well, I mean, what? who am I but one person in billions of people? But you're her favorite. I am everybody's favorite. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, From the parts bin. Yes, what do you got for do me? Do you remember... And I think we talked about this last week. It might have even been a roadworthy drive minute. Okay. We talked about Royal Dutch Shell. Royal Dutch Shell. Yeah, yes, they were sounds... an oil company that were was that withdrawing yep. from an industry um, lobbying group. Yes. Because they differed with that group relative to their stand on climate change. Yes, I remember. Here's a company putting the, its money where their mouth is. All right, what do you got? They're going to spend... Ooh. $300 million. Wow. Not in 10 years. Not in 20. Three years. Three years? hmm I just need like 1% of that I could live off of. Their goal is to help motorists offset emission from their cars by funding large forest projects in the Netherlands, Spain, oh. Australia, and other countries. Wow. Think about that. I'm trying. You know... I think that it's one thing to say you believe in carbon in in climate change. Yeah, it's another thing to actively do something about it. And and, and for a company that their and main fossil fuel. Yeah, and they're even saying, you know what? We need to make a change. We need to make a change. Now, granted, they're they're in the company of one <laughs> right. that's going that way. Hey, you know what? Not all of them could be followers. Some of them have got to be the leaders. Uh-huh. And every once in a while, the packs, you know, the leaders got to step out from the pack. And, and I applaud them. I do, too. Because what you're going to find, people, and it's something that regular listeners are kind of get the inkling where we stand on this subject. Right. And mobility. <laughs> I, I want to be snarky right there. No, so bad. not really a good idea. No, it's not. It's 
there's more to mobility mm-hmm. than cars and trucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know in some areas of the country, that's blasphemy. <laughs> but you would be surprised just how mobility is changing, and it's not always in urban areas. I'll give an example. In the small Iowa town in which we record this program, yes, not five miles from here, uh-huh. they usually have something called uh, the Farm Progress Show. Yes, they do. And I believe it was three years ago uh-huh. where they introduced two different types of autonomous tractors. Yes, they did. And yeah. right outside, not even, what, 15 miles away from here? Not even that but, far. Um, is Smart Ag. Yep. Where and, they specifically mm-hmm. are doing, a t- I mean, it's one of those things where as a, a, a automotive driver, you know, or a consumer, you know, mm-hmm. we might not necessarily understand the fact that autonomous and vehicles have been hitting the ag industry for at least 10 years. I mean, this is not new mm-hmm. news for the farmers. And something more important to shift gears ever so slightly, pardon the pun, <laughs> but the extended range oh, yeah. of electric cars yep. is going to affect rural sooner than most people think. Yes, it is. Electric semis, autonomous semis will also impact rural America faster. People think all of these trends are, well, you know, we live out here in the country and we don't see much of that. Ask a farmer that has at least 100 acres of land. Yep. Ask a farmer that owns a, a fairly new combine last 10 years mm-hmm. or a her- fairly new tractor. They've been using GPS for a while now Yeah, in their fields. This stuff's coming, folks, and it really doesn't matter. Even if you are in the middle of nowhere, seemingly, and you are the only speck within 100 miles, well, it's still going to impact you. Well, let's, let's take a frame of mind as to what's going on right now in the United States. Mm-hmm. Our farmers, be it... Uh, you know, crops or livestock got hit with major, major funding. Yes. In some cases, I mean, it wiped them out. They're yep. not going to be able to plant. Yep. Southwestern or, Iowa is yeah. done. Um, Nebraska got hit yes, horrifically. So, and in western Nebraska still. Uh, yeah. Can you say snow? Oh, uh, Right. Yeah. And I ain't talking an inch or two. No, no, they got clobbered. They got nailed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where what better time if they lost everything and if they're looking to get, you know, recompensated via insurance or, you know, whatnot, mm-hmm. what better time for them to finally make that grid? Because also what's hitting the here in Iowa anyway, one of our major utility providers have decided to up our rates mm-hmm. some 30-something percent. But I will also kind of that another one of our utility providers is already certified delivering at least half of the power to their consumers renewable energy and they will be 100% renewable in less than two years yeah and that's the luck of the draw where you happen to be at it is because there's a line there's not uh it it is where you can choose let me throw this at you Uh uh-huh uh greenberg kansas okay it was hit by a tornado some years ago Uh uh-huh and the whole town kind of like southwestern iowa now Mm -hmm. literally wiped off the map they decided to go again pardon the pun Totally green when they rebuilt the place. I remember that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They went. Uh, can I say rural? Yeah. Wasn't there? We're not talking a suburb of Wichita no. or Kansas City yep. or anything out in the middle of rural America. Yeah. So this is happening, people. Yeah. Right now. It's I mean, happening. And what better time to actually get in on that and re, you know, rebrand yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, as it will, and take on that different lifestyle. It's also why 
Roadworthy Drive is considered a mobility show. We realize with all the technology that is happening today Mm -hmm. that mobility as we know it is changing. What your grandchildren, no matter what your age is right now, your grandchildren will not go from point A to point B the same way you are today now. I think when I think about my own grandchildren, I'm 38, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I think about my own grandchildren, I'm actually thinking that I'm going to have to explain to them what a steering wheel is the same way that my grandfather had to explain to me what that little tab was on the floorboard for the brights. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll Which, go, by I'll the go way, you one I really more. think that they needed to keep. And I'll go you one more. What do you got? If you go back 20 years prior to that, uh-huh. uh, there was a second floorboard mounted uh, switch for the starter. The engine starter oh, was on my the gosh. floor. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Where you turn the key uh-huh. and you press down on that to start the motor. And that would have been right, well, I mean, when 40s a kid. 40s anyway. I remember my father actually having to put water in our batteries. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's one of those Mm -hmm. things where I'm going to be telling my children when they see pictures of me behind the wheel and when they see pictures of me like actually navigating there, what is that? People will wonder in 20 years what it was like when people, not computers, actually drove down roads. They They will marvel. That we did not wreck at a greater frequency than we did. Well, and I, along those same lines, I think it's hilarious that they're actually going to get to the point where they're going to wonder why did we fight this? Like, why were there people saying, like, you actually drove around in a vehicle that was fueled by flammable fluids? Mm -hmm. What? And and all sorts of fluids. Right? From greases and oils Oils. and gasoline. How many parts did you have in there? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. They will look at this thing and go, what, what do you do? How, what's that? Right? Uh, I mean, it sounds pretty cool, but I mean, why would you? Yeah. Mobility people. Mobility. Everything from walking to flying cars, uh, boring company underground, virtual takeoff and landing vehicles above ground. I, I can't get behind and the autonomous tunnel. And autonomous vehicles on the ground. That is what we talk about each and every week and why we keep you plugged in to let you know what's coming so important to stay plugged in to roadworthy drive absolutely i mean it's one of those things where it's always changing yep when we return several of those startups want to disrupt your mobility habits stay tuned real facts real opinions real talk you're listening to roadworthy drive thinking about it from the beginning. In the 1930s, they built their first safety test vehicle. They patented safety door locks in 1949. In 51, they patented front and rear crumple zones. They conducted their first rollover test in 1959. In 1960, they patented their safety steering system. In 81, they manufactured the front airbag. In 1997, they built a more crash-compatible SUV. Now, they 
Okay, uh, I don't know what that commercial looked like, uh-huh. but I could tell you what it sounded like. Uh-huh. And I, I know some people's out there are going to agree with me. I literally saw the cast of Pet Cemetery <laughs> doing that. The more important question. The original for, Pet Cemetery, because I understand that there's a remake and I also understand it the, wasn't the, the greatest. The more important question for our listeners is it is what auto manufacturer was that? Because that was an all visual commercial, and I didn't realize it to just now that, that it never name. identified the name. Now, if you watched it, you knew who it was, right? But listening to it, no way. So, if you think you know, drop us a line and let us know. We'll see who if you're right. Eight seven two 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 nine seven nine three. If you're just tuning in, this is the second segment of our number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We are Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little. And the J is for? Uh, Ooh. Jalapeno. Ooh. Spicy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thought I had you there for a minute. (laughs) We are, for this hour, your tour guides and flight attendants dedicated to make sure you have an enjoyable trip while you're with us. Those of you who are longtime listeners know that we strive to keep you abreast of all the important breaking news with respect to mobility. That's right. We meaning mostly me, uh-huh. do what? the research to make sure that what? you... What, 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 excuse me? <laughs> um, I think that the court, the court, mm-hmm. if they would look to exhibit A, mm-hmm. will see 15 to 30 emails directed from Sasha to Ken mm. with the news bits. And if the court may also take a look at what is actually reported during the show, mm-hmm. uh, 89%. Oh, we just got numbers now. To which is uh-huh. actually comes directly from. So the question from. is, is that real facts or real opinion? I mean, it's real facts that happen to be, you know, uh-huh. opinion based. But I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, that we keep you, I keep you current on what you need to know in the world of mobility. From cars and trucks to advanced driver assist systems, electric cars and autonomous technology. A little time spent with us each week is all you need to know. To stay in the know. To that end, may I introduce several recent mobility startups that are set on mobility disruption. Now, these nine startups made pitches at uh, something I didn't even know existed in Chicago, something called a Shared Mobility Summit they hold every year in Chicago. We need to go. No kidding. What I mean, a whole, uh, it's already over for 2019. Duh, yeah. But uh, yeah, we do. Uh, and they got a newsletter and everything. Just totally awesome. Uh-huh. They pitched these ideas, and I wanted to share uh, just these nine companies. Uh, they faced three judges and 120 conventioneers on the opening afternoon, and they ended up selecting three. Now, I went looking to see if I could find a news release of what three they picked. Right. And I haven't been able to find it yet, but when I do, I will let you know. Um, but here's a few of if them. If only you had a researcher that you could have abreasted to that. Yeah, but I did. I, I got brave. <laughs> did my own research. <laughs> Just saying. Um, th- I'm gonna. It's pronounced clever, but it's spelled C-L-E-V-R. And clever is offering a three-wheel scooter that can be fitted with a seat to make it viable for disabled persons. Ah, and that goes into what we're going to be talking about uh-huh. with Tech with Sasha. 
the company's real weapon, it, the company's secret weapon, excuse me, uh -huh. is a super precise GPS tracking module that's accurate within three feet. So their approach is they can tell where the scooter is being written and modify the scooter's top speed. In other words, in trying to control the user behavior management, we try to control the vehicle deployed through intelligence. That's actually a really neat way. Now, this next one, uh -huh. I'm saving this next one because people say to us, people say to me, right? Ah, oh, you know, all that mobility stuff and all that autonomous stuff is, you know, that's for big cities. May <laughs> I introduce you <laughs> to, to Pocahontas, Iowa? Population 1,789. Right. The county seat of Pocahontas County. Company from there made this pitch in Chicago called Coloni. K O L O N I. Okay. It what began as a bike sharing operation in Pocahontas, where its founders thought, why not use the same platform to share other things too? Users with the app can not only unlock bicycles and scooters. Remember, this is Pocahontas, Iowa. Right. Did I mention 1,789 people? Keep going with it. Nowhere near major cities? No. Nowhere. No, it's not. I almost moved there. Uh -huh. I get it. Yeah. But it also unlocks Colony storage lockers to borrow basketballs, tenant rackets, or whatever objects <sighs> a city, university, or property owner wants to lend. Their approach they can download the app, and they essentially have keys to the city. That is ingenious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That. Thought, yeah, I thought that was pretty that cool. That is impressive. Okay. Next one. And I know I'm not going to get to all of these, but these were really cool. All right. Bellhop. There are a billion people worldwide using thousands of different apps to access ride-sharing services. Okay. All right. Yeah. This And they're usually tied to a single platform or company. Right. This makes it difficult for potential users to know which company offers the best rates or even which mobility offer, uh, options may be best. They're doing basically... Like a, uh, a yeah. price line or yeah. a bookings or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're combining all of these into one app. So they're building a mega app that integrates ride share, bike share, and public transit. So yeah. that you, in one tap, you know, it's like Travago. That's what I was about to say. I mean, we had talked about the fact that you could you could plan your trip accordingly, mm -hmm. and it would take you from one to the yeah. other so, using various means. Yes. But this one would take it one step further and would allow you different pricing options. Exactly. Based on where you're at. Exactly. That is awesome. This one. My favorite for, you know, us Save older the folk out last. there. Oh. Mobility for all. It seeks to provide a trusted source of mobility for seniors and people with disabilities who are unable to drive. The company will vet and certify drivers from other transportation companies through its app it calls MO. A rideshare transaction will take place between the three parties, the driver, the rider, and the rider's caregiver, who's able to request the there ride and monitor its progress through the app. There you go. Imagine in a world where mobility doesn't end when you can't drive. I thought that was autonomous, but this between now and then would be a great thing. Yeah. When you never have to have that talk with your parent about losing their keys. <laughs> about losing their keys. Yeah. It's a real thing with the onset nowadays of dementia and Alzheimer's yeah. and all this kind of thing. Yeah. Or just the onset of old age. You don't have to sacrifice mobility. So... There, that's just three of them. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, when we come back, it's Tech with Sasha. Because, you know, you don't want to miss it. Don't move a muscle.
facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. This is Roadworthy Drive. I'm Sasha J. Little with Ken Chester at the controls for the hour. Glad you could join us. For more information about our show, be sure to check out our website, roadworthydrive.com. That's right. That is the place to go to get uh, the podcast versions of the show, which you can also find on Blueberry, Stitcher, po- uh, Spotify, and um, mm. what's the... Google Play. Google, Google Play. Play. Yes. Uh huh. Um, you'll also find a tab for Time with Sasha where you can keep up with the Tech with Sasha subject matter. And of course, the space where you can find where we are growing and our ever expanding Walsh across the nation. Pick yep. up more affiliates. And be sure to check out our sponsors. They're the reason why we're able to be here every week. And we'd appreciate you taking a look at the page and dropping them a note and letting them know you're grateful that they sponsor Roadworthy Drive. That's right. N- now, without further ado, because I'm under uh, <laughs> warning from the suits not to hold this up, uh-huh. it's time for Tech with Sasha. Well, this uh, for this segment, I really wanted to talk about uh, mobility versus disability. And you had touched, about, touched on this subject just a little bit earlier this hour, where different types of technology are coming available to those that are disabled that would allow them to be one independent Mm -hmm. and two more freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in kind of a tether, uh, last week we did the, the show on sidewalks. Right. Okay. And you were talking about how the fact that sidewalks aren't universal. No, they're wide, they're long, they're crickety. Sometimes they've got jostles and such like that in there. Um, and then, Earlier, you had talked about the fact that, you know, the walkability score. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was going through my news cart this week. Ooh, the news cart. The news cart. Uh-huh. Um, I was act- it full of news? <laughs> it was. You would not believe. Oh, my. What hit the wires this week. So and your news cart was full. It was full. Oh, my. So much. Ah. Um, so what I chose to talk about for this one is this new trike that has been that has come available mm-hmm. um it is called the ev4 mountain cart uh cart it's it's a tricycle okay so it's got two wheels in the front mm-hmm. one wheel in the back mm-hmm. it is specifically made for people with disabilities okay um it allows them uh it's by um a polish engineer jack shopinski Shapinsky. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for him in particular, what he was thinking is that this would allow travels along dirt tracks, uh, trails, or mid rocky terrain. Not something that, you know, you're not going to go rock climbing in it. I just want to calm you down. Oh, real okay. Quick. So I'm not taking it to Moab and you, doing like the Jeep stuff with it. Yes. No. Why am I envisioning somebody like completely redoing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying. No, there's not going to be. Uh, a, no, that's not that's not something that you can do. Okay. However, it did offer something that I wanted to talk about. Okay. With this particular car, or not car, with this particular machine, it goes just over twenty five miles, twenty five miles per hour. Which off road is kind of fast. It is kind of like, fast. It's kind of scary. Which is why I wanted to bring this up. Mm. It has a range of thirty to fifty miles. Whoa. The charge time is about three to four hours for okay. a thirty. 30- six volt battery pack Mm -hmm. and the weight limit 
for the entire for the passenger and if they wanted to, you know, carry some things and mm-hmm. so on mm-hmm. is 286 pounds. Okay, so let me get this straight. Um basically either a big person traveling light, yep, or a little person traveling heavy. Right. Okay. One way or the other. Okay. okay. So, here's my thing. It's not street legal. But hold on. Hold on. My thought in this is that what would this do to someone that has disability? Not so much. And I, I get where he's going. Um, when I saw this article uh, on the urban transport, I get where they were going. They were saying it was a way for people that have now become disabled for one way or the other, that they can enjoy their hikes and their, their bike trails and so on and so forth. What I particularly saw with this one is maybe somebody who is in the city, um, who they normally have to call somebody or revert on a ride to go to the grocery store, to go to Walmart, this kind of thing. How vital would this be? Because then you wouldn't necessarily need the uniform uh, uh, sidewalks because if it's too narrow, it the bike is already made to go on a, you know, kind of rockier terrain. I mean, obviously not in all the time, but I thought that this would bring us one step closer. It, it really could, but it depends on the uh, environment yeah, it that does. it's in and how supportive it is. Yeah. Because if it is totally car centric, they're still up a creek. Well, and see, you have to have, I don't, I particularly, I mean, it says bike trails and so on and so forth. But I mean, if you're, if there's no sidewalk, I don't say that I would trust this kind of thing without some kind of no. cemented. No, because if you're carrying something, because you're thinking about somebody who's disabled yeah. having now the ability to go to the store on their own, mm-hmm. run some light errands, assuming that where they're going is disability friendly, mm-hmm. which not all are. You need ramps and place of stairs, things like that. It the doors would have to be wide enough to accommodate this. And depending on the store or institution, it would have to allow something like this. Well, and see, the thing is that I thought was nifty with this is that it shows a picture where um, the guy has the wheelchair actually attached to the side mm-hmm. of of the cart mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You could almost treat this like a bike rack if you had the proper securing <laughs> equipment. Because, I mean, you obviously wouldn't want to just leave this outside no, Walmart. No. But if you had the proper securing equipment, if they actually kept and then they could just go into their motorized cart at the store and then just kind of, you know, do it's that. It's a possibility. Kind of- I would be, I'm looking at it and I'm not seeing where I can carry the stuff. Per se, well, that would it's be. Got that I don't know if it's the front. Dec- yeah, right there yeah. in the front. Um, I, and then it talked about when you go to the website that uh, you could actually add on, like yeah. that's where the basket would go, I'm thinking, or you could tote it behind. Yeah, you. I'm thinking more like groceries and things. Yeah, but imagine this: if you are all about mobility and mm-hmm. you've lost your ability to be mobile, yeah, that you love the outdoors, here's a chance for you to actually get a little bit off the beaten path, yeah, and get back to nature at some level. Yeah. And actually enjoy, because I could see somebody doing this, maybe going fishing. Yeah. Uh, or, or you know, just a leisurely drive uh, off the path on something that's not too terrible. Right. And, and actually enjoy some of the things that normally people who are physically challenged don't get to enjoy. Um, so I'm assuming that this, even though it was developed by a Polish engineer, mm-hmm. is this available in the United States? You know, according to the website, when I tried to, I, I tried to go there and kind of play with it and get mm-hmm. it to add to cart and stuff. Mm-hmm. It didn't stop me when I put in a U.S. address, mm-hmm. but it also didn't give me the shipping. 
Ah. So, you, I mean, right. it, it was one of those things where I don't want to say, yes, it's absolutely available, but the name of it is um, EV4. Or EV4 and the EV4 mountain, mountain car. Cart. Yeah. Now, w- what could somebody expect to pay basic for this? Uh, for the basic, again, I would want to say that it starts out at $5,200. Mm-hmm. $5,200, $5,300. Yeah. Oh, boy. And yeah, we, don't know about, we don't know about freight. And we don't know, does the bike, does this thing show up fully assembled? Do the, is there some assembly required? Uh, what We don't know if there are dealers local, if you have a problem with it. Things like that. Right. And I mean, that is one of the things that, I mean, I was a little concerned because how, you know, when you're unpacking. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. Finally, folks, more tech with Sasha. Why? What else would there be? Sit tight. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. This is the fourth and final segment of this hour number two of Roadworthy Drive. We are Ken and Sasha. Glad to have you with us. Now, without further delay or comments from the suits, it's back to Tech with Sasha. Hello, hello, everybody. So this hour, as you know, last week, we did a trip down uh, media improv, how it influenced us lane, right? Close enough. So, and we talk always talk about autonomous vehicles, self-driving vehicles. Connected vehicles. Connected vehicles. What? Flying vehicles. Vehicles and under the ground. Are we done? No. I'll let. I'll wait here you know, while you list them off. Fifth dimension. Fifth <laughs> element. Fifth element. Yeah, all kinds of different dimensions. But technically in vehicles. fifth element, he still had a job. Barely. He drove the taxi. Yes. And if is, you noticed, most of the taxis and the vehicles being driven in that particular movie were still human uh-huh. driven. And may I point out, Fifth Element was made in 1997. No, you may not. We're not allowed to point that out. Yeah, so they hadn't even entered into their mind the realm of autonomous vehicles yet. Well, and on that same line, Mm -hmm. um, I was talking with one of our listeners via the Roadworthy Driveline, Mm -hmm. which is 872-222-9793. Ooh, you remembered. I did, actually, this time. I can remember things. Ooh. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Anywho, um, and one of the things that he was talking about, he's like, we talk about autonomous semis. Mm -hmm. We talk about autonomous taxis. Mm -hmm. Okay. Autonomous cars, even. Autonomous cars, even. Mm -hmm. What happens in the next tier of civilization where we have robots and autonomous living? I mean, I joke about the fact that, you know, I would love to come home to a Jetsons type kitchen Mm -hmm. where it prepares the meal for me. And I've got my robot here that kind of looks like a, you know, English nanny Mm -hmm. and, uh, she kind of takes care of the home life, and I really have nothing else to do all day long to paint my nails. I say that jokingly, but then in an all actuality, we are coming up to, I mean, obviously not in the next 10 years, but we are coming up to a, a situation where robots, just this week it was talked about how um, uh, Walmart uh, was mm-hmm. buying a whole bunch of more robots to replace mm-hmm. certain jobs. And their defense was it was going to make current workers happier. Really? Yeah. A wa- uh, 
you know what? More money makes me happy. <laughs> I know that's J- right. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, not not necessarily more robots, but think about this. Mm-hmm. Automation mm-hmm. in our society yes. has been going on hardcore for about 40 years, since about 1980 when it started going. Right. Um, and is increasing more with deep machine learning, artificial intelligence, and a whole slew of other related technologies as the piece parts, the Internet of Things, as these all get developed and come together and create completely different systems. Uh, we've even talked, not to get off into the weeds deep. No, let's go deep in the weeds. I no, already cut we, the cord. No, 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 we're done. No. There's no lifeline. No, no, we're not going to do that. But even blockchain as, oh. as, as a controlled, uh, dedicated methodology Mm -hmm. for documentation and uh, basically keeping systems uh, hack-proof or relatively hack-proof. Right, relatively Mm -hmm. hack-proof. So I guess the issue is where do we go from here? Right. What is the next stage of the autonomous mobility platform? Um, Is it going to be something like uh, and going a little another movie reference here, but is it going to be something like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, where his dad got displaced by the machine, mm. and then he went, he ended up getting a job fixing the machine that re, that uh, that mm. uh, displaced him. Now that has we have reported here. It's been a couple of years now. My goodness, it has been a long time since I should probably follow up with that company. Which company? Well, it was one, and I don't think he was here in the United States, but he was a small. He was a small um, uh, shipment factory and he was going, all of his plants were going autonomous uh, or they were going to employ certain robots and then he was going to ship autonomously. But he was providing, the reason why we brought it up when we started talking about it is that one, he was going to do autonomous delivery trucks, Mm -hmm. but two, he was providing free education for his current workers so that way, instead of being the ones that would actually get the things from the shelves and fill the orders like the robots were doing, mm-hmm. they'd be the ones working on the robots. Ah. Um, and I think that a lot of, even here in the United States, a lot of our automakers, um, they are providing training. I mean, and right now it's kind of... They are, but it's limited. It I is. I mean, in the auto industry for so many years... Uh, you were looking at generations and families mm-hmm. that worked in those plants. You'd get out of high school, you'd walk right into the plant, guaranteed 30, 40 years of, of good money, oh, good yes. employment. Oh, yes. Uh, retire with a good retirement. Yeah. That started to change in 1980 uh, as the first wave of um, advancement came and automation came. And waves of people started to be displaced due to uh, technological advancement. And right. that's only accelerated. With what we're talking about in terms of autonomous vehicles and autonomous living is more of an economic um, autonomy. Yeah. Where as this continues, what are we going to do with these this pool of people? Well, and it was one of those things where it got brought up where they were talking about a universal income. Mm-hmm. Um there's been a you know a futuristic show that I was talk that I was watching where you were provided with the basics, mm-hmm. but then based on your social media platform score, oh, no. that is how you were able to live in a better area or a less than better area. So as you encountered people on the streets, you mm-hmm. were given a score mm-hmm. based on that interaction, mm-hmm. and literally. 
it I mean, just it just dawned on me just now. Yeah. Uh, bombshell. This is happening in the world right now. Yes, it is. China. Yes. China's yes, moving right. that we to 2020. That. Yeah. Uh, where maybe not exactly like that. No. But a lot like that. It's almost like the way the credit system is here in America, except mm-hmm. they were going off of what your social media. Yeah. yeah, but they were also using it as censorship as well. Yep. If you said something against the government that wasn't kosher, it was going to cost you to the point where. Um, Euphemistically, uh, <laughs> retraining yeah. was the term. Yeah. Kind of a, you know, kind of ominous terminology, but this is coming. At what point does government get into this without going political? Right. Not, right. But it looks like we're coming into a intersection of autonomous living, starting with autonomous transportation, autonomous assistance that we've talked about, mm-hmm. autonomous companies delivering goods and services better and better, cheaper and cheaper, while at the same time, and ironically, we're in a world now, at least in this country, where we're at full employment. Yeah. What happens when all this changes? This by no means is the end of this conversation. No, and that's why I just wanted, I literally, you folks, we're just going to leave you right here on this highlight, but I wanted to get it in your minds and I wanted to emphasize what the future might look like. Well, that is all the time we have, folks, as this week's visit comes to a close. Be sure to tune in next week at this same time when we do it all over again. Bye-bye. Bye, folks. Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.